All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is the Sports Analytics Podcast by the Numbers. Uh, we are back after a brief hiatus. Um, we are in the midst of the MLB season. Uh, it's getting towards the end um, of the regular season for there, but uh, um, we have other things to talk about today, chiefly uh, the MLB or the, sorry, the NBA and, and uh, the NFL. Um, Noah and uh, Kevin, how are you guys doing today? Good. It's, it felt kind of like a dry period over the summer, you know, right when the, the NBA season ends and the NBA draft is over. Um, and as someone who doesn't watch a lot of MLB, it can get a little slow. But now NFL preseason has started. Uh, soccer is back in Europe and it feels like things are, are you know, getting hopping back into here. So I'm excited to start talking about the NFL season coming up. Totally. Yeah, it's always bittersweet at the end of the summertime when you got Summer's ending, but at the same time, you get the most exciting time of the year, which is the start of the football season. So happy to talk about that and happy to talk about the trade rumors going on in the NBA, too. So looking forward to it. For sure. Uh, with that being said, um, you know, as we always do, we'll, we'll just quickly uh, provide an update um, on uh, Villanova basketball, um, to which and there is not much to say. Uh, you know, briefly, um, I think. Chris Argidiacono and Eric Dixon, I saw like on some Instagram account that they're playing for some like uh, USA basketball team with uh, Maddie Segrist, who's on the uh, women's team. Um, so it's a, it's that a three on how much there is to talk about. It's a three on three. It's an under 23 three on three league. Like I didn't even know that existed, but it, it's wild that they're playing. I can't imagine like a, a less useful three on three player than Chris Argidiacono. I was like, <laughs> Who like who did they? I I just want to see like the list of players that they were like recruiting for this. So they're like Chris Archdiak. That's that's the guy. Yeah, it's like we we'll like we'll fly out to like wherever you're going, and all you have to do is like sit in the corner and shoot. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe you'll get some good game, uh, big game experience through it. Maybe they'll help them. <laughs> yeah, no, well, he'll probably have more dribbles in this uh, three on three league than he will have as an over his entire career to this point. So. <laughs> Just but, very quickly, uh, do you think he's going to start next year? Dude, I hope not. I, I I mean, with Justin Moore out, like, you'd hope Mark Armstrong can step in because, like, Dixon, Slater, and uh, Daniels are locked in. And then you got to thank Longino, but I don't know. He's he's much better. I, I, but, like, then again, like, he was the first guy off the bench when Colin was hurt to, like, bring the ball up. So, who knows? Yeah, he was the first guy off the bench, but that was under a J Wright offense. I wonder – what Kyle Neptune is going to bring to the table as far as changing up the system or what he's going to keep the same. It's hard to know. Good point. But, uh, but yeah, let's, um, let's get right into it here. So we're, we're going to kick off uh, the episode um, with a deep dive into uh, the NFL. So um, the plan here uh, is to go division by division um, and predict the best and uh, worst team um, in that division. So uh, we will do that. And then at the end of um, you know, that process, uh, we'll briefly uh, have bold predictions for um, each rookie of the year in each conference, um, as well as each conference's MVP um, and each of our uh, postseason like uh, Super Bowl matchup, um, you know, come uh, like whenever this, the Super Bowl is. So um, to kick things off, let's start with uh, the AFC North. Um, what do we think? Best team, worst team? Feel free to jump right in. It's um, such an interesting division. Because so so to start off, you have we have the Steelers that are kind of you know in rebuilding mode a little bit, but you also have Mike Tomlin who's going to be a great coach every year. Um, so you have that, but the quarterback's going to be a question there. 
So you probably would want to pencil them in as the worst team. But then you also have the Browns who like, you just don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for them. You know, start of the season throughout the season with Deshaun Watson, they've got a talented enough roster to like compete. Um, and then the Bengals were obviously in the Super Bowl last year, added to the offensive line, a lot of value add guys, but not a ton of like, I mean, they, they added guys, which is more than kind of what they had before. Um, but then it's kind of, I, I, I was listening to a podcast about this, like reviewing the Bengals season last year and they, they had some rough losses throughout the season. I mean, they, they lost to the, they got killed by the Baker Mayfield Browns at one point um, during last season. So, I mean, there were some, some results during the kind of regular season in 2021 that kind of just jump off the page a little bit. Uh, they got blown out by the chargers a couple games. And, and, you know, if you kind of look at the narrative by kind of what happened in the postseason with them, um, but, you know, if a couple of things don't go their way, it could be different. Um, another angle is that they have the extra offensive line help for kind of allowing Joe Burrow to have more time. But they also have Joe Mixon, who's like had to put up great numbers last year without a good offensive line. And now they have a better offensive line. So he could be putting up a ton of numbers as well. So I'd, I'd probably still put Bengals first, especially because the Ravens traded away Hollywood Brown and, or a little light at wide receiver and LeBron Jackson's coming off an injury. So I probably go Bengals first, Steelers last, but I'm interested to see what you guys think. Yeah, I go Ravens. So this was hard again. Like, I, I mean, at the at the forefront, like obviously you have Cincinnati. Um, it's hard to not pick the representative of the AFC in the Super Bowl when they got distinctively better in the offseason with the three veterans, like you said, that they added to their offensive front. I mean, if, if uh, Joe Burrow was as prolific as he was all last season with no time to throw or like scan the field, um, you only have to assume he's going to get better uh, with a left tackle like a um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Lyle Collins. But I'm going to go uh, with the Ravens um, because the Ravens have uh, the 23rd um, <clears throat> hardest schedule, um, whereas the uh, Bengals have the third. Um, that matters a lot just because I think the qual- like when you're playing th- like if with a disparity of that big of like quality opponents from last year um, with the teams as close talent wise that they are, I think it's a prime position. Uh, for Cincinnati to have a target on their back. And since they haven't been a winning franchise in the past, um, I could for sure see him taking a step back this season, especially uh, with probably their best defensive player, just uh, Jesse Bates um, still not willing to play on the franchise tag. Um, like when it comes to Baltimore, I just believe in their coaching. I think John Harbaugh is an elite head coach. Um, you, you talk about the contract drama that's kind of going on with uh, Lamar Jackson, but he has maybe the best tight end in football uh, with with Mark Andrews, um, a revamped offensive front. They finally have Ronnie Stanley healthy on the, on the left side, um, which I think means a lot for their offense. Um, there's still kind of confusion about whether J.K. Dobbins is going to be healthy or not, but um, I believe enough in their rushing attack with Lamar being as dynamic as he is for that really not to be a problem. Um, defensively, I think you know they they were a fringe playoff team last year with basically no secondary. Their entire Defense was injured almost all season, um, and they got much better. They had one of the best uh, secondaries in all of football uh, with Marlon Humphrey and uh, Marcus Peters. They also brought in two uh, new deep safeties. They already had Chuck Clark, who's one of the biggest hitters in the NFL, and then you bring in Kyle Hamilton and uh, Marcus Williams from the Saints. Um, Something about um, this division kind of gives me the vibes that it's going to come down to like week 16, 17. And I just kind of believe more um, in the Ravens being a winning culture 
um, than Cincinnati, especially with the strength of schedule being um, as different as it is. Um, and then as, as uh, far as the worst team, I'm actually going to go with Cleveland. Um, the popular pick, um, I think it's Pittsburgh just because of their lack of like quarterback continuity. Um, it's easy to say Mitch Trubisky is a bad quarterback, but you know, last I checked, he led a Matt Nagy team to a playoff spot, um, which is a pretty much a miracle. So I do believe in him a little bit more than everybody else, especially because of the offensive skill talent they have in Pittsburgh. I mean, you think about uh, Najee Harris and, uh, you know, season two, um, he's going to be an upper echelon running back in the league. Um, they brought in a bunch of uh, receiving help via the draft. I think there's been a lot of hype around George Pickens, um, their third round pick in the draft this year being an absolute dog in uh, training camp. I think he's going to be an amazing compliment to, to uh, Chase Claypool and uh, Deontay Johnson, where they just resigned. Um, and, you know, this sounds like a very lazy take, but, you know, when it comes to like trying to, you know, truthfully p- predict how this, how this division is going to go, I just have more faith um, in the Steelers and a uh, Ravens body of work to not be in the bottom half of the division to where without Deshaun Watson, I just think Cleveland's going to find a way to, to like screw it up. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah. Great points all around there. Um, yeah. It's definitely not, not a prime division in the NFL right now. I mean, um, the Baltimore Ravens do still have Lamar Jackson, who I think could have another great year. And uh, the, the biggest thing that people are criticizing about Lamar Jackson is his longevity, but that's not an issue yet. I mean, he's still going to be, um, you know, having the, the strength in the rushing game that he's had throughout his NFL career. And I think that that's not going anywhere. So I definitely have faith in, like you said, their coaching and just the fact that they seem to find a way to get um, wins in the playoffs every year. And I, I would say that they have a great shot at winning the AFC North. Um, obviously the Bengals, uh, could the Super Bowl hangover be real? I think the Super Bowl hangover is actually something that happens when you um, when you win the Super Bowl and then you get a little too complacent. I think a, a guy when you have a leader like Joe Burrow, um, I don't think that the Super Bowl hangover is going to be uh, something that'll affect him as much. I think um, you know you, you got Joe Mixon um, still having an NFL leading uh, type season in terms of rushing yards. And um, I'd, I still have faith in the Bengals and their leadership, but um, I don't see them uh, eclipsing the Ravens as far as winning the AFC North. But um, if we go down to the Cleveland Browns, obviously the big story there is Deshaun Watson in the lawsuit against um, the NFL, and they're trying to get that to at least one year suspension, which I'd say that they have a good shot at doing. And if that's the case, that just completely derails their uh, quarterback situation when they got Jacoby Brissett backing him up, um, who I love him. He used to be on the Patriots, but um, I don't see him as the type of quarterback who can uh, carry a team beyond uh, a mediocre season. So uh, with that, uh, and then as far as the Steelers go, um, I honestly, I don't feel like Big Ben was – contributing a whole lot to the season last year. I mean, the dude was immobile um, and I guess he's a great game manager, but I'm not sure if the quarterback situation will hurt them as much as, um, as just that they aren't as talented as 
they once were, um, you know, 10 years ago. And I think that they're just not a great football team in general. Um, and so for that reason, I got the Steelers uh, in last, but um, certainly if the Browns never have a showing of Deshaun Watson, they could be right down there with them. So um, definitely not, not the most exciting division in the NFL, but still one that could have a lot of variables depending on who's, who's healthy and who's uh, available to play. Definitely agree. Um, there, there also could be a wrench, you know, if like if like Lamar Jackson just decides to hold out without a new contract, like obviously that completely changes the outlook of the Ravens. And then if the Browns end up trading for like Jimmy G or something, if, if uh, Watson's suspension gets like carried over, as you said, um, you got to believe that would put them down there as well. Um, but yeah, that, that seems like that's a good kind of wrap up for the AFC North. I guess from now we can go AFC East, Kevin, uh, your division. Um, for me, this is pretty, uh, cut and dry. Um, I got the bills, uh, winning this division pretty handily. Uh, you can talk about strength of schedule or whatnot with, with, uh, Buffalo. I think they're, um, definitely, yeah, they're, they're, they're tied for 12th hardest, which honestly for, for a team like that, um, is pretty reasonable. Um, I think they're the most talented top to bottom roster in the league. Uh, they have an obscene amount of, uh, skill position talent. Um, at receiver. I mean, like we all saw what Gabe Davis did to the bills. Um, he's now the unquestioned number two receiver in that offense with Emmanuel Sanders departing. So um, can only imagine he continues to improve. Um, you have uh, Stefan Diggs, obviously on the outside being that alpha receiver. Um, I love their pickup of uh, James Cook in the draft this year. I think the bills are a team that are super committed to that, like, back by approach outlook to an offense. And I think James Cook is going to be immediately one of the best receiving threats in the league. Um, the brother of uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously there's a lot of talent there. Um, but beyond just that in their offense, I think, you know, this is really Josh Allen's time to be an MVP. Um, I remember watching that drive, um, you know, in the, uh, in the chiefs bills game last playoffs. And it was the highest level of football I've ever seen, to be honest with you. It was Mahomes and then Allen just could not be stopped. It was the team that had the ball last was going to win because they were just on a different level offensively with their dual threat abilities, their ability to extend plays, the accuracy down the field, the grittiness. I think like this is really Josh Allen's season to, to shine. Um, um, that's just the offense, right? Then you think about the defensive side of the football. They bring in one of the best pass rushers in the league, Von Miller, um, to compliment Greg Rousseau on the outside. Um like in the secondary, their first round pick, Kyrie Elam, is going to be a great number two guy uh, next to uh, Trey White, and then they have the best safety duo in the league with uh, with Micah Hyde and Jordan Jordan Poyer. Um, I do think though uh, they they're not going to have the benefit of like feasting on the AFC East as as the Pats did for so long, just because you know I'm never going to say Bill Bel- a team with with uh, Bill Belichick is going to be a bottom feeder. Um, and then Miami got way better with uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, but I think there's no question that that the Bills are the best team in this division and probably, you know, roster-wise, all of football. Um, for my worst team, I think it's pretty clear it's going to be the Jets, especially after Zach Wilson's knee injury in the preseason. Um, just so classic Jets um, having their franchise quarterback, number two overall pick, play any downs in the preseason. Like, no one else is doing that. <laughs> And then he immediately has a knee injury. Um, makes a lot of sense for for that franchise. But um, they did get a lot better. I'm not going to say that they didn't. Um, based on their draft, they had an unbelievable draft. Uh, brought in a lot of talent in a free agency. 
I love their uh, their pickups of guys like Lake and Tomlinson. It's going to be awesome on the offensive line. Um, they brought in Dwayne Brown to replace Mackay Beckson at left tackle, which I think is a lateral move at worst. Um, and then got a lot better in the secondary with guys like Jordan Whitehead, DJ Reed. So they're not a pushover team by any means, especially uh, with the guys they have on offense. I think Elijah Moore is going to have a monster season in year two. Uh, they brought in Brees Hall, who's kind of like a Jonathan Taylor-esque running back. Um, a good coach. I think uh, uh, Robert Sala is a good kind of guy to lead that team out of uh, the gutter. But I think without Zach Wilson at quarterback, it's just going to be another season of of kind of disappointment and like what it could have been um, for the Jets, just, just because if they don't bring in Jimmy G, I think there's really no question. They're the worst team on paper in that division. So interested to, to, to see if you got the Pats any higher though, Kevin, I'm sure you have some thoughts on, on how that offseason has gone. Yeah, it certainly hasn't gone well. Um, it's been, it's been rough. I mean, I, I think Bill Belichick has uh, taken his ego a little bit too far as, as far as his, um decisions on how he's going to call plays in the first place with uh Josh Allen leaving and I think that we're going to feel that hit to our coaching staff and to our offense in general huge in the in the beginning of the season I don't know what Bill's going to do to um to remedy that but at the end of the day like Josh Allen is a huge part of the dynasty that the Patriots were on for 20 years and um, I just think we're going to feel that on, especially with Mac Jones, a young quarterback who, you know, spent his first year with Josh McDaniels. And, um, I think that he's going to be feeling his absence, uh, heavily this year. And I don't know how Bill Belichick expects to, you know, just hire his sons and expect that to solve the whole situation, but that seems to be his plan. Uh, but it, and there's a saying in uh, in New England in Bill we trust. So I guess we'll just kind of keep that faith going and see see where it takes us. It might run us to the ground this time, though. Um, but uh, as far as the rest of the division, I mean, I really like the Miami Dolphins. They, as a Patriots fan, they kind of scare me every year because um, we we have a tendency of going down there and losing at least one game a season. Um, and this year with Tua coming back and Tyreek Hill, who, you know, aside from just his pure strength and continual talent on um, the wide receiver position, if he got a big play that needs to be made, um, he is the type of person who has the confidence to be clutch in those types of situations. And I am pretty scared to see him on, on the other side of the line, as we've seen him plenty of times in Kansas city, uh, uh, you know, burn us uh, as Patriots fans. I'm not excited to see him now twice uh, during the season, but, um, and then uh, as far as the rest of the division, obviously the Jets, it's, it's hard to really put a lot of faith in them any year, but um, I, I don't think that Zach Wilson will play that well this year. Um, I think it'll be a, a similar situation to last year. And, uh, and they, I don't think they'll be great on defense either. Um, they do have a pretty good offensive line, but at the end of the day with Zach Wilson, I don't think it'll make much of a difference. Uh, and then we got the bills who on the other hand, don't have a great offensive line, which, 
will be interesting to see because I expect Josh Allen to show up big this year, but um, without that offensive line, there's only so much he can do. And um, I'd be curious to see uh, if they pay any attention to that. But um, with James Cook, uh, I think that he'll be, you know, a huge impact player for their, um, their backfield. So uh, overall, uh, oh, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's all I'll, I'll have to say about the, uh, NFC, or the AFC North. Yeah, so I, I, I would probably agree that, you know, Bill's top gets bottom. The Makai back then injury, I think it's pretty tough, especially on like a, the tackle spot, which is pretty crucial, especially for a developing quarterback in a make or miss season. So well, luckily they signed Joe Flacco to back him up. So we might get some Joe Flacco minutes early in the season, which would be just fantastic. Um, so that's just going downhill in a hurry. But I mean, I think that, I mean, I'm going to say that they're a sleeper team, but I think the Dolphins, like, are, I mean, are a team to watch. I mean, they, it, it's a new head coach in Mike McDaniel. I mean, I don't even think Brian Flores was too bad. I mean, they just, that their season just took a turn for the absolute worst last year when they probably should have made the playoffs and didn't. Um, so you got a, a guy who coached under Kyle Shanahan, so kind of has his roots in kind of like that, you know, modern offense uh, involving kind of a lot of guys someone that I, I can't explain so well, but is the Shanahan disciple, you know, kind of probably brings that type of offense and, and we'll see if, I mean, it's probably a make or break year realistically for Tua. And if it's a make year, then I mean, Tyree killed Jalen Waddle. And that's like, that's a really good offense. Like, um, and then defensively yourself, Xavier Howard, who had a, you know, a, a billion interceptions either last season, two seasons ago um, and Melvin Ingram as well um, in the linebacking core. So, I think it could be an interesting team. Um, I don't know if anybody's brought out the fact that Matt Areza is in the AFC East division, kicked like an 85-yard punt the other day. Um, so I think he, he's got to be a player to watch as well for the Bills. For sure. Yeah, no, I love Miami too. I think just, again, it comes down to Tua. I, I, I think there's – you know, I think he's a bottom-shelf quarterback in the NFL until he proves anybody otherwise. Uh, you know, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater to back him up, you know, if I'm uh, Mike McDaniel and like Tua is not producing um, over the first half of the season, like it would be time to like think about, you know, replacing him, which I think is a pretty big indictment on, you know, where things stand in Miami. Um, I do think Teron Armstead's a huge signing for him because their O-line has been so bad for so long. Um, we'll see what happens there. They have as much skill position talent as any team in the NFL. I mean, to have Jalen Waddle as your as your wide receiver two is going to be huge for his development. You know, going up against teams number two corners um, every week. Uh, and then one other point about the Patriots, like I just think it's such a problem that there's no offense or defensive coordinator. Like, since when is like Matt Patricia being an offensive coordinator anything good? Like, I just think that's such a weird thing of Bill Belichick just not needing to define any roles and that everyone just reports to like him i just think that's like not good for like organizational like clarity and i think it's going to come back to bite the patriots when you know if they have a few bad weeks in a row there's not going to be someone to answer to um in that offensive room other than bill belichick who has his feet both on the offense and defense but um yeah we'll see i think it's pretty you know this is for sure the bills a division to lose but like anything can happen with a few injuries um next up uh i think we should go to the afc south uh, very interesting division here. Like, this is kind of a weird, like, none of these teams are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, 
I'd have to go like I like obviously it's a two horse race to win the division between in between Indy and uh, Tennessee. I'm gonna go Indy um, just because I think the Titans got worse in the offseason. Losing AJ Brown obviously in the draft was big. Uh, they drafted his replacement Traylon Burks, but um, to ask him to replace that kind of production in year one is is too tall in my opinion. Um, Derrick Henry isn't getting any younger, and I know he's still one of the best running backs in the league, but when you rely so much on, on your like brute, like physicality um, you know, as your body gets more brittle, as you get older, I think the Titans are going to have to start leaning more on a Ryan Tannehill's arm to get them through games, uh, which as he showed through his three interception performance against the bills and against the Bengals in the playoffs, he's not up to that challenge every week. Um, Whereas I just think the, the Colts have less question marks um, one of my favorite breakout players uh, in the NFL for next season is uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, I think he's an alpha number one receiver talent wise, but now like bringing in a, a, a quarterback like Matt Ryan, whose you know, top attribute is just like reliability. He's not going to lose you as many football games um, as Carson Wentz did last season. Uh, Matt Ryan also targets his number one receiver more than just about any other quarterback in the NFL. So Expect to see a lot of balls coming Pittman's way. Um, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, that goes with, goes goes without saying with with uh, Quentin Nelson um, on on your line. Uh, they got better in the in the trenches too. You know they brought in a, a Yannick Ngakwe, um, uh, Stephon Gilmore, and like in the secondary. Uh, love Frank Reich at head coach in a weak division. So um, I I like Indy a lot to uh, to win this division uh, for sure. Um, and then to uh, bring up the rear, I'm going to have to go with Houston. Um, you know, you can make a case for Jacksonville, but they did get better in the offseason. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. They signed like eight high priced free agents, but all of them combined aren't going to make enough as much of an impact as firing Urban Meyer did uh, for the good of Trevor Lawrence. I think Doug Peterson's a great kind of quarterback guru uh, to get the best out of him. I think he's almost kind of forgotten in uh, the NFL now. And when he was like this golden child, just two years ago, um, expect to see a lot more improvement from him um, with a better receiving core. They don't really have a number one receiver still, even though they gave Christian Kirk, like an insane amount of money. Um, he's getting Travis ETN back. So kind of an interesting skill position group they have there with ETN, James Robinson, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, they, they, they uh, still have like a LaVishka uh, Chenault there as well. So um, they'll be better. Uh, Mike, they could steal one or two, maybe even from a uh, Tennessee or Indy, but um, I'll have Houston in the gutter for now, just because I think um, even though they got better in the draft, uh, they still probably have the most talent deficient roster in football. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a two horse race and the Texans bring up the rear again. I mean, Texans, obviously it's just another rebuilding year. You trade away Deshaun Watson, you get those picks, and you kind of just sit on them for a year. You throw Davis Mills out there and see what happens. Um, and I think they're just okay to do that. Um, for the Jags, I mean, I think this is functionally kind of a reset. I mean, the Urban Meyer thing was just an absolute disaster. And especially with a rookie quarterback who, you know, once again, is just like the greatest high school prospect of all time, right? Or one one of, yep. you know, top one or two. Um, so, yeah, Doug, P- I, I mean, you know, Doug Peterson's had his criticism, but I think – you know, fairly for in some cases, but if he can put that offense together, I mean, there's enough talent there to, to do some kind of some good things. And uh, depending on who they play, I think they could scare some people. Um, if, if it melds together and Trevor Lawrence can 
put all the pieces together as well. Um, I think we could be reaching the end of this this iteration of the Tennessee Titans. Um, ever since Arthur Smith left the team, well, I, never, ever since, but I'm saying like the, the offense definitely took a step down last season after Arthur Smith left, um, and they kind of fell short kind of looking at, into the postseason last year. Um, and I, I mean, it's, it's always like Derrick Henry is, you know, this Iron Man, like, you know, bowling ball. But I mean, the likes have got to, I mean, just biologically, you can't keep going forever. Um, and, you know, Ryan Tannehill got a lot of criticism last year. And you know, I'm not, we don't want to look in too far into like preseason, but Malik Willis looked pretty dangerous. Um, I could see that going downhill at some point during the season. So, I mean, I, I think they've bolstered the defense a little bit, but I don't know if the, the offense is going to be able to hang. And I am this Colts team, I think, could be really good adding a, a real quarterback in there, non-Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan. So um, I'd probably lean Colts too, although I could I could definitely see if, if the Titans kind of run it back and things kind of work in a similar way, I could, I could definitely see the Titans taking it. But I, I definitely lean Colts as well. Yeah, I'm, I also like the Colts a lot this year. I mean – you look at Matt Ryan, who you know, was kind of on the back on his back foot as, in terms of his career. He's on his way out, and I think that he could spark something up. He's like Andrew, you said he he's reliable. That's what you like about him, and that's what you know you need from a quarterback. You just need them to be reliable, and he has championship experience. And um, I, I think that this is an opportunity this year that the Colts in general are on their back foot. You, you think about their, the way they ended the season last year when they uh, lost that game to Jacksonville, uh, which would have secured their spot in the playoffs, but then they lost um, to, to Jacksonville out of all teams. And uh, speaking of Jacksonville, um, I, I, I'm expecting a huge year for Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think that this is his time to shine. He definitely got the pieces around him in a way that he didn't have last year. And um, obviously Urban Meyer, God, what were they doing when they hired him? Um, and so I just, like you said, Doug Peterson, similar to um, to Matt Ryan has uh, playoff experience, has championship experience, and you, you can't sneeze at that type of thing. And um, I think that he'll be a great fit, like you said, Andrew, in terms of bringing life to this Jacksonville Jaguars team that's been, you know, down in the dumps for so long. And I don't think you can put really, I, obviously Trevor had a terrible year last year, but I don't think you can put it on him in terms of um, the state of the Jaguars. They've been like that for many years now. And I, I think that their time will come um, to, to turn, to make the turn on that. As far as the Titans go, um, I think that there's a pretty good shot that they don't uh, make the playoffs. They um, traded away AJ Brown. Um, although I think Traylon Burks like will replace him pretty well. It's, I don't think it's going to be enough and I don't think they'll uh, have enough to go over the hump. And I think that there's a chance that the Jaguars could beat them twice this year, which would be kind of a crazy turn of events. Um, and um and yeah, the Titans and to, oh, and obviously the Texans. One thing about the Texans, I'm, I'm sure, I'm curious if uh, what you guys think about how the Deshaun Watson trade looks now, because obviously they got a ton of pieces, but did they get that as almost a steal? Because it seems like Deshaun Watson, you know, there's a great shot that 
the NFL wins this appeal and he's not going to be able to play for maybe over a year. Do you think that was uh, a steal looking back on it for the Texans or do you think that was a risk that the Browns were willing to take? Uh, yeah, I, so I wouldn't say it was a, see, a steal just because the last time Deshaun Watson played an NFL season, he led the NFL in passing yards. So whenever, like, it's so hard to find a top five quarterback in the NFL. And like whenever you have to trade a guy like that, you know, character aside, I know it sucks to say, um, but you, you never feel good about it just because we've seen so many times Super Bowl winning teams, all you really, really, really need is a good quarterback and everything else doesn't have to go right. Um, I think under the circumstances, they got out when they could um, and they got pretty good value. They got first round picks from a team that isn't guaranteed to win their division for the foreseeable future. Um, so I think the Texans definitely won that trade just because of the PR nightmare they they avoided um, as well as that as the young assets they were able to get back. Um, so uh, super excited to see how that kind of happens um, with with them. Just just because I know um, it's such an awful situation, and in my opinion, I don't see why Deshaun Watson shouldn't just be in like suspended indefinitely. Um, pretty similar to what happened in like the MLB with like Trevor Bauer. That's what they did. Makes the most sense for everybody involved, but um, yeah, I think under the circumstances, Houston definitely got the better of the Browns just because the Browns also gave him. Like I, it's, it's, it's so funny what's being lost in all this is like the Browns are going to be paying Deshaun Watson, like $275 million. Like it's just kind of disgusting to be honest, but I would definitely say Houston uh, got the better of, of, uh, of, of, of Cleveland in that. I mean, it's just such a, we like toxic asset to bring into your organization from the Browns perspective. Like, I just, I don't understand why you put out that much to get a guy like that. Because, I mean, you know, he's a good quarterback who's played on a bad team. Regardless of that, he's like, he's a character. Like, that, that that's a character problem. That's a, like, you might, that's just like a, like, if, if 30 different women are coming out, like, that is not a guy like, who, I, I mean, it's just like a liability, like, from a business perspective. And then on top of that, like, the more, I, I kind of agree with indefinite, especially like six games just does not seem enough for like, the fact that, it, the decision went to an arbitrator who decided he was guilty. Like, there's no question that like he did this stuff. It's just they couldn't bring enough evidence into like an actual court to you know see this actually worked out. So, you know, they just slapped him with six games, and he's kind of there. And it's just such a t- tough situation. And I mean, I mean, I think the Texans did a good job just getting off them so they can focus on a rebuild now um, because it's the direction they were headed anyway. Um, but. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, it's a weird situation to evaluate from a football perspective when there's all this 100%. going on. 100%. Like, I, it's just such a – there's there's actually no right answer to this at all. It's just, like, very hard to talk about for all parties just because it's just being fumbled in so many different directions. But with that being said, I think we can get on to the AFC West, the best division in football. Any of these teams could win the division – um, and in my opinion, uh, the winner of this division will be in the AFC championship game uh, just because every team is so good. <laughs> like um, it's just so hard to pick one team. If I had to pick one to win, it would be, it would be the chargers um, for uh, multiple reasons. I think Justin Herbert has pretty much proven himself to be like a step below Patrick Mahomes and has the potential to be the best quarterback in the NFL um, based on the film he's put up. Uh, he has 
an absolute rocket launcher of an arm. And uh, more importantly, he's just an exceptional leader. I think his teammates are, are just love him from what I've seen uh, from Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, um, two of the best uh, receiver duos in uh, the NFL. Um, Austin Eckler is an awesome lead back. Um, and they got much better up front. They, uh, they spent their first round pick on an offensive guard from Boston college him combined uh, with Rashawn Slater, Corey Lindsley. Um, that's going to be a major strength for, uh, for them on uh, the offensive line, keeping Justin Herbert upright, uh, which leads me to believe there won't be a massive drop-off in his production, um, offensively speaking. Uh, and then on defense, they just got exponentially better. Uh, they got probably the best corner in the NFL uh, in J.C. Jackson. Um, they have uh, Derwin James back fully healthy, um, you know, those two guys alone pretty much ensure that you'll have a top, you know, 15 secondary in the league. Uh, they, they went out and got Khalil Mack from Chicago. And I think he's going to feast um, next to a Joey Bosa um, in Chicago. You saw a lot of his stats taper off because he was constantly being doubled on the defensive line. But now that they have a legitimate other pass rushing threat, such as Bosa on the other side, uh, look out for him to have 10 plus sacks in the season. Um, Brandon Staley is also like when you get to like to a, a division of this quality, it's like really going to come down to just like teams making ballsy decisions and those ballsy decisions working out. Um, and there's no gutsier head coach in the NFL than Brandon Staley. And I think he goes for it on fourth down more than half the time. Um, so when you combine that coaching style with just kind of the peaking roster they have right now, I think, um, you know, they're my pick to be the representative from this division. I think they might go undefeated out of the, out of the division. Um, but it's just such a meat grinder when you have to go, like, if we're saying that, like, if I'm saying the worst team in this conference is the, the Broncos, like um, it's just such a crazy thing to say because they would go into mile high and not be favored to win. Um, which I guess that leads me to say that um, Denver is my, uh, my pick to to uh, bring up the rear in the AFC West. Um, I think losing Tim Pack Tim Patrick in the slot is bigger than people realize, just because the slot receiver in an in a the new coach uh, Nathaniel Hackett's offense is like so important to the success. That's where Devontae Adams lined up a lot of the time last season when Hackett was in Green Bay. Um, I think they have an immense amount of talent in that division. They have Russell Wilson at quarterback, but he's the third best quarterback in this division, which is pretty crazy. Um, I don't believe as much in their defense as I do the Raiders offense, which is why I'm picking them uh, to, to not be like, or to be the worst team. Um, although I could easily see all of this being flipped and them and them winning the uh, division based on the talent they have. Um my real prediction would be the winner of this division is going to be the team that stays the healthiest, just because I think it's that, you know, razor close between all these teams. Uh, I think the Raiders are kind of being on, are being slept on a bit as one of the like, a team that is on par with Kansas city, just because, you know, they brought in the best receiver in football. Whenever you have, you know, Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller um, on one offense, you're going to be a top, you know, 10 scoring team in the NFL. Uh, they got playmakers on D too. Like, you know, they have Max Crosby, Chandler Jones off the, off the edge. Um, that's going to be a, you know, pretty uh, fearsome duo to deal with. Uh, Derek Carr also, I think is a pretty underrated quarterback. I think he's kind of on that fringe top 10 quarterback ranking. Um, but more importantly, he's great in the fourth quarter and, and in big moments. Um, and by the looks of it, there's going to be lots of big moments 
um, across this whole season with how close these teams are talent wise. Um, so I guess I would say uh, Chargers being the best, Broncos being the worst, and then um, you know it will probably end up me being completely wrong. But that's where I stand. Yeah, this is. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's mathematically possible, but if like this would be the division that gets all four teams in to the playoffs, if it's even possible with the way the division works, but probably not. Um, I think it. I, I would pick the Chargers too tentatively when you're betting on a young quarterback and a relatively new coach. But I mean, you look at the, some of the games they lost last year and they missed the playoffs just barely losing to the Raiders in, in that week 18 game. Uh, but you look at, I mean, they lost the Texans. Uh, I mean, they lost to um, the Vikings. No, no offense, Andrew. Um, I mean, <laughs> they lost yeah, the they Patriots. Did. Lost the Patriots by three, which, I mean, I guess it's a fair loss. But, like, if you just start turning around some of these games that realistically with a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who's that talented, you should be winning. Like, this team is probably like a 12, 13 season, I think, pretty solidly. And they added – I think they added to that defensive line, which is they, – they got Khalil Mack on the, on the defensive line on the other side of things. So that should, I think, help defensively, at least from on, with that front. So I think they should be better there. Um, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, who very well might be the most talented quarterback just from a pure arm doing things on the field that I've never seen before. Like it's just hard to bet against that, but with a whole, like no Terry Hill anymore, it's just, I don't know. Andy Reid's still going to, you know, draw things to make sure that this looks good. So I, I mean, I trust that. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's going to be a two horse race between the Chargers and, and Chiefs. I think it'll come down to one of those two teams uh, personally, even though, yeah, the, the Raiders are in a tough spot because, I mean, I think they're, you know, Derek Carr is good. I think just solidly good, like above average, better than a lot of other quarterbacks, but not potentially in that elite tier. And I mean, it's just a really, like, it's a talented roster. You've got Max Crosby on the deep inside of the ball who had a great season last year. Um, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, like it's a really good wide receiver core. Um, if they can put some things together, then, I mean, they also had just like a, such a mess for the year last year with all the stuff about John Gruden. I think that was that was last year. Jeez, ah, I yeah, I it's hard to talk yourself into any of these guys in the ending up last. Hmm. I mean, personally, I would pick the Raiders to go last based purely on quarterback talent. I think Russell Wilson um, will just can win more games than Derek Carr can on his own, especially with a mile mile high advantage. But that is that's just it's just a tough division to predict. Yeah, I don't want to count any of these teams out. Um, obviously, I feel like the Raiders are. I, I'm going to put them at the end of the division, but I also feel like at the same note, Derek Carr could be having the best year of his career. It's just the fact that the division is so good that it might not make a difference because um, you look at he had such a great year last year. And then you add on to that Devonte Adams and um, they got a great offense or I, I think they have a good offensive line. I haven't really looked into, into that, but um, I just see them as, as a great team, but I don't think it'll be enough to counteract um, what the rest of the division holds. Um, I think that the Broncos, I think that Pete Carroll just shouldn't get, at nearly as much credit for the uh, Seahawks success as, as Russell Wilson has. I think that I always am afraid of Russell Wilson throughout the season. If 
the Patriots are ever playing them as they have in the Super Bowls too. And he's just that good. And one of his biggest threat or one of his biggest strengths is the deep threat. And you add on to that KJ Hamler, who is one of the best deep threat um, threats in the, in the NFL. And I think that that could have the potential to be um, explosive for their, their offense. And um, I think that Russ still has plenty of years left or a couple of years left in his prime that he can really show how much of an impact player he is and can be if put onto a, a relevant team. This, and yeah, this, this division just makes me want to pay for uh, NFL. Uh, what's it called? Like, the NFL network where you can just like Sunday ticket. Sunday ticket. Yeah. I just want to be able to watch every one of these games if they're not on, uh, on cable in Philadelphia. But, uh, but anyways, I, I feel like the chiefs, like you said, without Tyree kill, I think that's going to be a big shock for, for Mahomes. Obviously his, his talent is, you know, unmatched, but you still need someone to throw to and there's not a whole lot better targets in the world than Tyree kill. Um, so I think they're going to be missing him heavily, but I still believe in Travis Kelsey and what he can pick up in terms of the receiving core. And um, so I, I, I'm going to put um, I'm the, all that being said, I'm going to put the chargers at the top of uh, the, the division here, but I don't feel that confident in, in that decision. It's just, going to be one that I have to sit back and watch and, and enjoy every moment of it. I don't honestly don't even really want to make too many, dis, uh, too many predictions because I just can't wait to watch the games, honestly. Yeah, totally agree there. Um, I guess now with that being said, we can move on to the NFC North. Uh, yeah, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to hurt myself again and say that the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. Um I think we actually are, though, because I think we have the best roster. I think losing Devontae Adams uh, for Green Bay is a big deal. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, but um, I think his presence on third down was such a huge factor in uh, division games this season. Um, They had this kind of, like, psychological connection that you just could not defend. It would be third and ten four times a game, and it would just, like, like clockwork, you know, hit him for, like, a ten-yard out. Um, You know – not having to worry so much about where Adams is on the field at, at all times is going to allow us to spend a lot more time um, doing creative things on defense against um, Rogers, making him confused, um, you know, trying to, you know, switch things up on that front. Um, I, I do think that uh, when it comes down to it, um, having Alan Lazard as your number one receiver makes you worse. Um, it's a very simplistic way of like putting it, but, Combine that with the fact that David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, is still not healthy. He may never be again. Um, Combined with the fact that they lost their offensive coordinator, uh, I think it's pretty clear that the Packers are much worse offensively than they were last year. Um, They still have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, so their uh, game on the ground will be great. Um, But but on defense, you know, they did lose uh, Zadarius Smith to the Vikings, so that's, you know, doubly good for us. it's so funny how I'm rationalizing the Vikings being the best team in the in the division by like just talking about how the Packers got worse, but um, the Vikings are better. I think um, losing Mike Zimmer is such a big boon for the franchise culturally and attitude wise. Um, by all accounts, like I do follow a lot of Vikings beat reporters, 
Um, and the vibes in the off season are just way better. Like everyone is so much more excited to come to the facility. Uh, the leaders are kind of operating off this positive culture. Um, they're doing a lot of creative things on offense. Like they have Dalvin cook lined up in the slot a lot. Um, we have a super deep backfield and a much improved offensive line. Um, I think one of the most important rookies we have this year is Ed Ingram. Uh, he's a second round pick, a guard from LSU. Um, Literally since the beginning of time, the Vikings have had a terrible interior offensive line. Um, And since Kirk Cousins isn't a quarterback that is successful on the run a lot of the times, a lot of the times it's like a scripted play action where he has his most success. When he has to scramble, he's not accurate. And I think having a a guy like Ingram, who is the best pass protecting interior offensive lineman in the SEC last year, is going to be huge for Kirk um, having more time to throw and find Justin Jefferson. Um, the coach we brought in, Kevin O'Connell, um, is incredibly innovative. He's a young mind. He's a young, fresh presence in the locker room that I think the players are like really buying into. Um, offensively, I think Justin Jefferson is going to have an insane year um, with an actual offensive play caller. Like the fact that he was doing so well with Mike Zimmer having like a playbook from like 1920 um, is can only be good for for like you know the outlook of our team. Uh, Dalvin Cook isn't getting any younger, but um, if you if you had me to put money on it, I do think the Vikings have a better overall offense than any other team in the NFC North. Um, defensively, we also got better. I think we got a lot better in the secondary. Uh, we spent two premium picks on uh, defensive backs. Uh, Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth are both going to have roles early on. Um, Cam Dantzler likes to get ripped on a, a one of our corners because of his moment against Detroit last year, but he was great in coverage, man. He allowed, or he allowed a uh, sub 90 passer rating, um, which is pretty great. Uh, next to Patrick Peterson, that's going to be much better than it was last year. Uh, we simply couldn't stop anybody through the air. So I think having that much new talent is going to be great. Um, especially with Harrison Smith being who he is in the back end. Um, having Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. I mean, is there a better on paper pass rushing duo in the NFL? Like, there's definitely a conversation to be had that the Vikings have the best. Um, so all that being said, I, I do think, you know, we have the 20th uh, hardest strength of schedule. Um, it's meaning that I, I have confidence in us uh, being able to, to uh, pull the North out this year. Um, and then I think it's pretty clear who the worst team is Chicago. Um, they're my pick to be the worst team in football this year. I think they're going to have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, I think the lions are a lot better than people realize um, Dan Campbell has them just ready to bite people's kneecaps off, as he would say. Uh, but I do think they got a lot better roster wise. Jamison Williams, um, Aiden Hutchinson, um, you know, that's a pretty amazing one, too. Uh, like just like pickups in the draft. Then you think about DJ Chark that they brought in um, in that receiver room. Um, they have an off an, an awesome offensive line as well. Um, probably one of the best in football. Um, so they have kind of the infrastructure to be a very competitive team um, and are for sure going to give both the Packers and the Vikings fits this season. Um, but I do think Chicago has done literally nothing uh, to help Justin Fields. Uh, they let Allen Robinson go and replace him with like a fifth year punt returning receiver from Tennessee. Um, his name's like Fellas Jones or something. Um Defensively, all they've done is lose Akeem Hicks and see their best player on the team, Roquan Smith, request a trade. Um, so I do think that um, they are clearly the, the worst team in the North, uh, have very little talent and are in a division 
where the three teams ahead of them are like just significantly better. Uh, so that will be my pick. And then what are the Bears doing? Good Lord. Like just reviewing all of the things that have happened. I, I don't understand how you draft Justin Fields in the top five or six. I don't remember specifically where he went and not take a tackle when he was getting killed every single play in the first round of the draft with the pick you have. Um, I, they just, I'm taking, like I say, they only picked in round two. They took a corner and a safety, their first two picks. Like, I just don't understand what the logic is behind that when you have a guy that's getting killed in the backfield. And essentially at this point, like you, your head coach is like almost tied to kind of the success of the quarterback. Just that's just how much the position matters. I mean, I, I kind of agree that there it's just like an absolute mess. I mean, PFF does rankings of like position groups. So I'm trying to use that to get a better sense of kind of how certain position groups play. And the bears are like 31st and secondary defensive line and offensive line, which, you know, can take that as you will PFF, but that is just horrific. So the defense isn't going to stop a ton of guys. It looks like, and the offense isn't going to go anywhere because they don't have any wide receivers and no one to protect the quarterback. So I don't really know what they're trying to do there. Um, I'm also Looking at the other side of the division, kind of, I could see my like see the Vikings winning the division. Like the the one thing is the Packers' offensive line is really good. Like they still have a really good offensive line. Um, so if they run the ball more and kind of kind of switch up the offense a little bit, Matt Lafleur is a really good coach as well. So it's hard to bet against that and Aaron Rodgers. But that, I mean, the wide receiver core, like Alan Lazard is wide receiver one, is just a tough. Tough look, especially when Justin Jefferson's wide receiver one for the Vikings. And like, I mean, just the difference between those two guys is like huge. Um, I, I I still think I'm probably like tentatively Vikings, but like they're gonna have to prove it before I, you know, come down uh, decisively there. Uh, also, Lions are gonna be like my favorite team. That's not actually my favorite team. I just love the like culture that they're building there, where it's like just like high energy, you know, kill the like I just. I like the energy Dan Campbell brings to the team, even if they aren't going to be that good. It it's, seems like they're, you know, building something that could be interesting in a couple of years. Yeah, it seems like the Bears are taking on their rebuilding era in just like a horrible way. Um, I have a lot of faith in Justin Fields as a quarterback, and it's a shame that we can't see him on a team that will put people around him to see what he's capable of, but. Um, I think that this year he could do better than last year. I mean, he a lot of his mistakes this year came in a way that most young quarterbacks make the mistakes like the fumbling and whatnot. But I have faith in him as a quarterback. I, I loved watching him at Ohio State and how he used to um, – I, I just have a, an image engraved in my brain of him taking massive hits and then just still going out there and slinging the ball. 50 yards on field, but um, so I like him a lot, but God, they can't put anything around them. Um, the Lions, I think, will be pretty good. They got a great offensive line, and um, I think that they'll have enough uh, with Jared Goff to, to make it to the playoffs, but um, I don't see them winning the division. Honestly, I like the Vikings a lot to win the division, and uh, I'm not just saying that because you're here, Andrew. I actually really... and this is so bad now that we're all picking it because now it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, but um, they they have a tendency of just being clutch 
in a lot of late game, uh, late season games. And I think that um, their defense is definitely stepped up. I think they're going to have a great defense this year. And um, Justin Jefferson could be huge for, um, for their offense. And so, um, and Kirk Cousins, uh, I don't know if he's quite what he used to be, but I think he'll be enough to, to carry them through the division. But um, as far as the Packers go, I think Aaron Rodgers might need to take uh, some more mushrooms or whatever in order to see if he can get uh, through the division here. I don't know if you guys saw the story about how he was crediting Uganda, uh, which I think is cool, but uh, it was just kind of funny to hear him talk about it. I listened to a podcast um, hearing him talk about it and it was like, wow, it's something. Um, but uh, maybe he'll have to give his wide receiving court whatever he's he's been smoking down in uh, in uh, Central America. That's what I heard. But because uh, the the wide receiving core isn't quite um, going to do it for me, but their defense has stepped up. So it'll be interesting to see Aaron Rodgers with um, an improved defense and um, what he can do with that. But at the end of the day, when you take as much money as Aaron Rodgers did from the franchise. You can't expect to win a Super Bowl. It's just not possible when you're taking over. How much? How much did he make on his contract? Um, so, Andrew, Vikings plus two sixty seven to win the division. What do What do we think? I can't. I can't do it, man. Aaron Rodgers has broken my heart so many times. I can't, I can't bet against him. Like I'm just kind of convincing myself out loud that we're going to win the division because like technically we should like talent wise, but I just have this like image in my head of the Vikings being up like 20 to like 10 in the fourth quarter and Rogers ripping my heart out. So I would, but like from an, from an unbiased perspective, I would take that just because I think I, we were that, we were a competitive team. We had, we played in eight, one score games last season. Like we just were down to the wire every week um, and it just took a toll mentally on the team. Um, I think with the new, with the new blood we have and every facet of the organization, it's going to put Kirk Cousins in a lot more of a positive kind of like atmosphere. And um, you know, it might come down to us like trying to win in green Bay, but um, I got more faith than we did last year. So I would take it for sure. But uh, I guess we can go on now to um, to the NFC East. Uh, again, usually the worst uh, division of football, uh, kind of comically so, but um, I think this year it's, it won't be just because um, the AFC South exists. But I think pretty clearly I love the Eagles this year, man. I love them. I think it's a pretty common thing to love because I see a lot of people like um, just like picking them to win big. Uh, but, um, you know, when it comes down to it, like, when you think about a good team, it starts in the trenches. It starts with the offensive line and the defensive line and the pass rush. Um, they have an obviously they had the best rushing offense in in football last year, um, and they've returned every offensive line starter. Um, they actually drafted a guy in the third round who might play as well. Um, and then they got much better in the pass rushing department. Um, they brought in Hassan Reddick, um, who had a great year last year with Carolina. I think he's going to have a big season off the edge for them as a pass rusher. Um, you know, they still have guys like Javon Hargrave, uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Um, so they'll be tough. Um, and then you, you, you kind of think of what they did to kind of tie the bow on the team. They brought in AJ Brown to be that alpha dog receiver. 
you saw what that did when uh, for the Bills when they when uh, they brought in Stephon Diggs to help Josh Allen. Not saying Jalen Hurts is Josh Allen, but I do think having a legitimate number one receiver across from Devontae Smith is going to be great for Jalen Hurts' development because now it's it's like make or break. You know, it, he has the offense, he has the line, he has the rushing attack. He's got the defense. Darius Slay and uh, James Bradbury are an awesome cornerback duo. Um, this is really Jalen Hurts' season to prove that he is the franchise quarterback. And I think um, when you think about, you know, the relative lack of talent in the in, in the division compared to others, I uh, wouldn't say the Giants with Daniel Jones or the Commanders with Carson Wentz are quite as good. Um, I think the Eagles will be the best team in this division when it's all said and done. Um, as for the worst, I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, they got a lot better, obviously, um, through the draft. They got Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, both guys that are going to be huge assets for them going forward. I also love Aziz Ojolari had a quiet eight and a half sacks his, his rookie year. He has a massive pressure rate um, and I can see him being a big breakout star. Uh, getting Saquon Barkley back, the offense looks good. You know, uh, Kadarius Tony is a, one of the biggest wild cards in the NFL because there might not be a better um, after the catch explosive receiver than him, including Tyreek Hill, uh, based on the stats. But um, I just simply don't believe in uh, Daniel Jones uh, to be the answer at all at, at, at quarterback. Uh, apparently, he's been uh, bad in camp, like uh, really bad. Um, I, they did bring in uh, Brian Dable, which I liked. I think he's a great off- offensive mind. But um, I think the the commanders are a bit more complete offensively, and I believe just a bit more in Carson Wentz than I do Daniel Jones. Um, and then obviously I have uh, the Cowboys kind of like clawing for a, a wild card spot. Um, thought they got worse uh, losing Amari uh, Cooper um, and uh, Cedric Wilson as well. So that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, they got fleeced on the Amari Cooper trade too. Given they didn't only got like a third round pick for that, right? Yeah. I mean, they got not even, they got like a fourth rounder. That is horrific, especially with what Devontae. Great salary dump. Oh, that's, that's fair. But uh, yeah, I think the Giants have a little bit of a hangover season from kind of switching GM and head coach, I think. And I'd agree, Daniel Jones is just not very good. So, I mean, if, if Brian Dable can like work magic, like, then I mean they do have the talent there to to be good. If if I, I'd be interested to see if they can find an interesting way to use Kadarius Tony because he's just one of the most unique talents in the league. Probably Wandale Robinson is another guy. Do they I guess they draft this year? That was another kind of like really interesting gadget e player um, out of Kentucky, I think. So I mean it's probably just going to be a it's they're in the middle, not a rebuild, but like a kind of restructuring of that team a little bit. So I'd agree. Um, yeah, Eagles. Uh, and it's just, you know, make or break Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's got a – if you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as your number two receivers with that good a offensive line, like you just have to – we've got to see the arm more. Got to see the arm play a bigger role um, in winning games uh, because that hasn't been a huge part of his of his kind of talent since coming into the league, um, even at Alabama. But he's got kind of a winning pedigree, if you want to say, from, from Alabama. So I think he brings that to the table but he needs to kind of prove that on the field over the course of the season. Um, I, I'd probably lean – I mean, I think I think I agree. The Cowboys probably got worse getting rid of Amari Cooper, but still got C.D. Lamb. Um, Dak Prescott, I think, is still the best quarterback in the division. So, I, Michael Parsons just being such a good player for them last year, like kind of not out of nowhere, but being as good as he is, 
I think was was kind of surprising. So, uh, and Trevon Diggs was really good last year too. I I'd probably lean Cowboys just because I don't I don't think Jalen Hurts. I'd love to be proved wrong. I like Jalen Hurts a lot, but I just think Dak Prescott. I'd rather bet on the quarterback here. So I think the Cowboys, um, and then with Giants being at the bottom as well. Yeah, it's a good point. It it will be uh, a a tough race there, as it always is between the Eagles and the Giants. Um, Dak Prescott. I don't know if he'll have the year that he's had in the past few. Um, and I I'm gonna pick the Eagles to to take the top of the division. Um, I think that they're receiving core has is the best that it's been since the Super Bowl that they've won that they won against the Patriots and then um you know I think that Miles Sanders uh could be a Pro Bowl um player and you look at their defense is also improving and um uh if Nicobe Dean can stay healthy that would be huge for their defense uh, out of Georgia um so I I like the Eagles a lot and I just am rooting for them as you know, someone who goes to school in, in Philadelphia, it's it's good to see the the home type of team. There, I consider them my second team uh, to uh, to have a good season. So I'm rooting for them. Um, and then also at the bottom, I'm going to take the the Giants. I think Daniel Jones just isn't it, and I think that his lack of confidence has been evident in the preseason games. And I don't put a whole lot of stock into the preseason. I think they should actually cut it down to one preseason game as opposed to they, they cut it from four to three, but I think they should cut it all the way down to one and just because the players don't really need it anyways. Right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers already said that he doesn't need to play Tom Brady's like, I'm going to take a vacation. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Um, and so I, I think that one preseason game to just give the players something to prove themselves if they're on the verge would be enough, but Anyways, um, I think Daniel Jones has been very has lacked a lot of confidence in those games, and uh, I expect that the Giants, without that solid quarterback, to um, to suffer um, in this division, which hasn't been great for a lot of years. But I'm hoping that uh, the Eagles can make it over the hump this time, and um, then the Commanders. Um, I think. Um, I don't see a whole lot of impressive uh, players on their, on their roster this year. And so I, I don't think they'll get quite as bad as where uh, the giants are at this point, but um, definitely uh, I, I don't see them being anything impressive to, to look for there. Yep. I think we're all kind of on the same page with that. Um, just kind of a weird division overall, but um, that brings us now to the NFC South. Um Again, a two-horse race. Um, I'm going to go with kind of the upset here and pick the Saints. Um, I think the Buccaneers are are a very complete team. Obviously, they have the GOAT at quarterback, um, an awesome skill talent around him. I think Russell Gage will be great at you know receiver next to Godwin and Mike Evans. Um, they still have an amazing defensive line with Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, um, you know, Levante David. Uh, but um, I just believe in the Saints, man. I think they have an amazing top-to-bottom roster. Um and it does come down to the quarterback, uh, but I think Jameis Winston is competent enough to bridge the gap uh, between him and Tom Brady um, based on the other facets of their team. Uh, the Saints defense is pretty elite. Obviously, you got Cam Jordan on the on the defensive line. Um, one guy to watch out for is a guy, Peyton Turner. He was the Saints' first-round pick in 2021. Um, kind of had a redshirt year last year, but 
is immensely talented and has been having an amazing camp thus far. Um, could definitely see him kind of bursting on the scene as a, a you know, a great pass rusher. Uh, they brought in Tyron Matthew and uh, Marcus May to replace Marcus Williams in the back end. Um, and they still have Marshawn Lattimore at DB, um, as well as uh, Demario Davis, one of the best linebackers in football. Um, losing Sean Payton hurts, but I think promoting Dennis Allen kind of keeps that organizational continuity intact. Um, and then offensively, they got way better. Um, they're getting Michael Thomas back. Um, he was one of the best re- receivers in football two years ago. And if he can even be 50% of that, um, that'll be a big um, upgrade at that at that position uh, for it. A Saints team that's kind of been deficient at receiver the past few years. Uh, they invested a lot in Chris Olave, traded up twice to get him in the first round this year. I love Olave. I think he's going to be an immediate instant impact player because of how good of a route runner he is. He's just such a polished product um, on the outside. And I definitely can see him having a major impact on the Saints offensive attack this season. Um, and then in even bigger news, Alvin Kamara might not even get sus- suspended at all this season for the fight he got in at the Pro Bowl, uh, which will be huge for the Saints to have that offensive balance. Um, they lost to Ron Armstead in, in a free agency, but they still have a pretty great offensive line with uh, Ryan Ramchick. Um, they got a good center, Eric McCoy, and they spent a first-round pick on Trevor Penning at tackle as well. So don't expect a huge drop-off there. Um, and they also have a pretty favorable schedule um, being in the bottom 20. So I'm going to go with the upset. I think the Saints have the Bucks number as well. And I think, uh, you know, they're going to eke out this uh, division by one game. Um, bringing up the rear, I got the Falcons. Um, you know, there's for sure a case that that uh, the Panthers could be there since they have like four quarterbacks who might see time this season. Um, but uh, I think they have just enough talent across the other sides of the roster. Like if you really think about it, they're one quarterback away from being a real contender just because DJ Moore is awesome. Christian McCaffrey is awesome. You know, they got young playmakers on defense with Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Um, so I do believe in them. And I think getting a guy like Iki Iguonu is going to be huge for their O-line. Um, and, then, and then with Atlanta, I think they're also kind of the Chicago Bears of the South to where um, losing Calvin Ridley for the whole season really hurts. Um, Marcus Mariota does not instill a lot of confidence in me at quarterback. I know Desmond Ritter might unseat him early in the year, but even with Ritter at quarterback, their O-line is bottom half. Uh, they have very little in receiving talent outside of Kyle Pitts, who I think is already has a conversation of being a top three tight end in football. He's going to get even better. He's a complete freak at receiver um, or at tight end. Uh, Drake London's awesome. He was the first receiver off the board this year, but you know, not sure what, what we have in a rookie until we see it on the field. Um, and just overall, I think they're pretty much have one of the worst defenses in the, in the league. So um, I had the Falcons being like a three win team this year. Um, and I got the saints pulling it out. Yeah. I think there are a couple of interesting points I'd like to add. just a little bit add to kind of what you're talking about, Andrew, but yeah, I think I'd probably agree having the Falcons at the bottom there. I mean, you have some talent in the roster, but there's a lot of like talent deficient areas. You look at both sides of the line on secondary to some extent as well. Um, even though you, you still have some some pieces there. You still need a quarterback, and I think that's it's going to be a tanking year for them where, I mean, they have a coach, like a good coach. Um, God, just keep blanking on this dude's name. The the former Titans OC. Uh, Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Arthur Smith, who's a great offensive mind, I think could pull out some games just by putting up points. Um, 
Mark Smart is a, a weird quarterback who played like well in like a three quarters for the Raiders at one point last season. So I, I don't know how, how well that's going to turn out. But yeah, this Panthers team, yeah, I I'd agree. They just have enough defensive talent to change some games. And I, I don't think I don't think Baker Mayfield's like a great quarterback, but I think he's like you know playable. Like he's better than Marcus Mariota for sure. Um, so I think they you know they're going to win some games more than the Falcons for sure. Um, I I kind of agree with you know having Dennis Allen as kind of continuity within the organization. And I think James Winston provides something kind of different, at least from like an arm strength perspective that Drew Brees didn't over the past couple of years of his career, where a lot of the stuff they were doing was a lot of underneath stuff um, and a lot of short stuff because his arm just could not throw the deep ball very much. And now you have James Winston, whose arm talent is unquestionable. You throw the ball deep. It's just a lot of like ball, not ball security, but decision-making stuff and, and bringing those interception numbers down. I just remember the last year he, Played in Tampa, it was the the 30-30 year. First 30-30, 30, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns in a season. Um, so as there's a lot of talent on that roster. If I mean it's a it's a new coach, so I probably would still want to bet on the box because I mean the box roster is still pretty stacked. Um, but I mean the Saints are kind of prolonging this this version of themselves and just slotting in James Winston. So I do think there's a world where James Winston can lead this team to winning the division. I just wouldn't want to bet against. Tom Brady and this Bucks team, even though they do have a new coach, I think it's that's kind of important too. Is that they have a new head coach um, for the for the Bucks, which I think will be a bit of a change, but I, I I'd still favor them over the field. Yeah, I I think I'm in agreement with most of what you guys are saying. Um, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be suffering some growing pains as they you know go into this uh, franchise restructure and rebuild after after trading away Matt Ryan and. Um, I don't see them resetting uh, right away. And um, I don't think Marcus Mariota is the one to do that. Um, as far as the Panthers go, I mean, Baker Makefield could uh, have a nice stretch in, in, in a new arena, a new uh, rebuild environment, but I, I don't see them uh, obviously pushing enough to compete with the Saints or the Buccaneers, and I'm going to take the Bucks at the top of the division. Um, Tom Brady, even though I think his head is in ownership and this Fox deal that he has as an announcer and all, all this um, post-football uh, talk, still I, I just envy having a guy like that on the field now that the Patriots don't even know who's going to be calling the plays for them. Um, having someone who knows the game as well as he does and who has been in high pressure situations more than any other football player ever, um, that is invaluable. And I don't think that you can measure um, the value that that'll have in the toughest moments against, um, you know, a fairly tough division. And you add Julio Jones onto that um, to an already stacked roster where, you know, Tampa Bay is just a place where people want to go. You don't have any ta any uh, state income tax, and you got the beautiful weather. It's hard to get people to come to play for uh, the Patriots when they don't know who's calling plays and the weather kind of sucks. Um, and so it's it's the type of, of team that I think will uh, – it, it's always going to attract the talent that it has, and I think that it's going to be uh, at the top of the division this year. Yeah, no, uh, for sure makes sense. Uh, I mean, I can't argue with Tom Brady. So, um, I, and then moving on, I think the last division we got is the NFC West. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Rams here. Like, I know it's kind of an, like the Niners are getting like a lot of flack because they're moving on to Trey Lance. And I think of that transitions kind of being illustrated as like an upgrade from uh, Garoppolo They're They're kind of like giving the reins to the guy who was, they traded the, you know, future four in the draft. And, you know, while I think Lance has a ton of potential, like let's not forget that like Jimmy Garoppolo led them to the NFC championship game. Like he beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau and was one drive away from going to the Super Bowl. Um, so I think the only way for Trey Lance to like succeed that is to be in the Super Bowl next year. And I think he's raw enough as a passer. I think he's still like an inaccurate thrower. Um, and his anticipation isn't there for this team to lose some games that they should win. Um, so I don't have the Niners when even though they have an awesome defense, you know, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, the list goes on Eric Armstead. Um, I just think that uh, even though they got playmakers and a, a great head coach and uh, Kyle Shanahan, the Rams just have more talent. Like I know there's some flack about an injury to Matt Stafford's arm, but uh, I think that might just, you know, like every year there's stuff like that. Um, and I do think, you know, when you think about it logically, um, they have an amazing, like they have two of the, maybe the top five players in football in uh, like Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, brought in Allen Robinson next to Cooper Cup, who's might be the best receiver in football. Um, you know, they're just going to be a, a factor. Um, they have two free wins against the Seahawks. Um, you know, without DeAndre Hopkins, I think the Cardinals will struggle. I also think that Cliff Kingsbury isn't a great NFL head coach. And so with all those factors together, I think the Rams will win this division uh, based on just the lack of quarterback talent outside of Kyler Murray um, and Matt Stafford. Uh, and then for the worst team, I'm going to go obviously with the Seahawks being that, you know, they just have, there's very clearly rebuilding by trading Russell Wilson um, and not having much in the talent category on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they do have a pretty interesting offense though. Like they, they spent their first round pick on a great pass blocking tackle this year. And um, uh, Charles cross from, from uh, MSU. Um, they have a good rushing attack with Rashad Penny, who was sneaky good last year, and Ken Walker from Michigan State. And then obviously Tyler Lockett um, and uh, DK Metcalf are a good one to punch a receiver. But obviously, uh, whenever you have Geno Smith uh, throwing to them, they're not going to be as effective. Um, and so with all that said, I, I got them in the gutter and I got um, the Rams uh, uh, taking it. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably agree with you. Just kind of like looking through these teams, it's 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 tough to bet against the Rams because I mean they they lose out a little bit with kind of Von Miller leaving to go to the Bills um in that huge contract but they still bring back a ton they still have Aaron Donald still Jalen Ramsey Matt Stafford Cooper Cup Allen Robinson like it it's a stacked it's still a, a solid roster and you look at the other rosters and there's plenty of holes I mean I think the 49ers are probably the, the challengers there it's just you know you're betting on a guy Trey Lance who's played like three games of football in the past two and a half years get because you know he, he skipped the last year of, of college and you know looked definitely still raw in the you know minutes he did play last year so we'll see if you know they they end up resigning Debo Samuel which is good um I, I just I mean you got you trust Kyle Shanahan to kind of figure this stuff out with the full offseason um so we'll see if he can turn that corner and if he can this could be very well be like a top five offense in the league but um if it doesn't, you know, who knows? The, the defense, I don't think, is solid enough to, to pick it up, even though you've got Nick Bosa 
on the other side of the ball is going to wreak havoc. Uh, for the Cardinals, yeah, the DeAndre Hopkins suspension is, is tough. Um, and as well, losing Chandler Jones on that defensive line is going to be a tough hole to fill. Um, they have some kind of issues on the defense side of the ball that, I mean, you have J.J. Watt, but how many games is he realistically going to play? Probably not that many. So um, we're going to see how well that defense comes together. And I'd probably agree Cliff Kingsbury isn't the best coach. And the Seahawks are just an absolute mess um, with very little talent on the defense side of the ball. That's what happens when you trade. Two first-round picks, first safety, you can't cover anybody. And Jamal Adams. So they've got Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and no one else. Uh, so they are going to be, you know, chasing that number one pick next year, I think. So um, three inching teams and one that's just tanking for CJ Stroud. I'm not going to disagree with anything you guys have been saying. I'll just reiterate that I, I think that the Seahawks could end up being the worst team in football this year. Um, I think that what Russell Wilson brought to the table is um, going to be immediately translated to the Denver Broncos and deleted from um, the Seahawks. And I think we'll feel that um, this season um, and we'll understand the greatness of Russell Wilson. Um, Moving on to what I think is going to be the second worst team is the Cardinals. And it pains me to say this because I think Kyler Murray is one of the best young quarterbacks on has one of the most promising arm talents in uh, the NFL. But when you're losing your top target and DeAndre Hopkins for half the season, I don't think it's going to help, um, you know, in his development, which is still ongoing. Um, moving on to uh, the Rams, I see them as being um, the, when I think about the Rams, I just think about Aaron Donald and I think about how you have a force that no other team even compares to as far as having the most um, the most uh, total pressures out of any team, out of any player in, um, on defense in the NFL. And I think that when you have a guy like that charging you as a quarterback, you there's, there's nothing you can really do there. And then as we look at the 49ers, um, I'm actually going to take them to top the division. I really believe in Trey Lance as, um, although I, I like how you can say that Jimmy Garoppolo has led them to playoff wins in the past. I, I don't think that was all Jimmy Garoppolo. I say that as someone who watched him as a backup in New England for many years and I think that he's great and he's a great facilitator, but I think there's a lot more to the story um, than um, than Jimmy Garoppolo there. I think Kyle Shanahan and the rushing attack that they have, um, I, I think that uh, style of play where Kyle Shanahan just plays hard-nosed football and he's going to be um, willing to, to, to force the rush attack, and I think that will ultimately lead them to being at the top of the division. But another exciting division to watch um, throughout the year besides the Seahawks. I think that they're just going to be um, a, a failure to watch. Just just to add as well, briefly, I think there's a legitimate chance Matt Stafford misses time with his elbow injury. And if that's the case, it's clearly the Niners being the best team in the division because I think like the backup quarterback for the Rams is like some dude they found in like Walmart. So but that being said, I like the picks. Um, I guess now I think we could do offensive rookie of the year in each division or each conference. 
um, as well as MVPs for each conference um, for for the AFC um, offensive rookie of the year. I think I'm going to go Brees Hall just because I think he's going to have a lot of touches with Zach Wilson out. I think, you know, with his number of carries being as high as they'll be, he's a household name. I think he's going to have a big season regardless of whether the Jets win games or not. Um, in the NFC, I'm going to go with Chris Olave. I think he's going to be get lots of targets in an offense to where um, they've gotten a lot better in the receiving core department. Um, even if Michael Thomas isn't back to being a number one receiver, he's still going to get the number one corner of the opposing team, um, meaning that Olave is going to get a lot of targets, a lot of opportunities down the field. Um, and then for MVPs uh, for the AFC, I'm going to go Justin Herbert over Josh Allen. Um, I just think the fact that Justin Herbert's going to be cutting his teeth against the AFC West is going to kind of be a little edge in his department. I think that's just such an incredibly hard division that, um, you know, he's going to be it. Like if he's able to lead them to a, a division championship and like put up comparable numbers to Josh Allen, I think he's going to get that award. Um, and then the, in the NFC, I think it's a bit of a toss up. Like it could go, you know, multiple different uh, directions, but um, I'm actually going to go, uh, Hmm. there's no like clear cut like person for this, I think. Um, so if I had to guess, it's not going to be a quarterback this year. I I have a weird inkling that the MVP for the first time in like forever is going to be a receiver. And I'm going to pick Justin Jefferson to be the MVP. It, I know it's crazy prediction, but I think he's going to have so many targets in the offense and he's going to be so well used in a Rams like offensive attack that, He's going to have a Cooper Cup-like season, um, and the only difference will be that Tom Brady won't have as good of a year as he did last year, um, meaning that, uh, you know, Jefferson will, will be the MVP. I'll try to remember the the categories you just went over quickly, but um, it's kind of a weird year for, like, offensive rookie of the year for each division because it's there's so few quarterbacks taken. That's kind of the usual players we look at, and even, like, running backs. I think Brees Hall is probably a good pick for the AFC. I mean, Traylon Burks is probably going to be wide receiver one or at least a huge target for the Titans, especially if they're throwing a lot. So he could put up a decent number, kind of some decent numbers there. Uh, I, you're kind of scratching a little bit in the AFC. Um, I think Chris Olave is a good pick. I don't know if there's a lot of other guys I'd take because I do think the – the Saints should be throwing a lot with a relatively solid quarterback and you're fitting in a good receiver into a system that already works for me. That's good. Um, in terms of, so was it? Uh, no, no, it's just MVP. Just MVP? Yeah. I uh, probably, I'd probably have to go, man, that is tough. You know, I'll, I'll go, I'll go Mahomes this year. I, I'll, I'll say he has a, a breakout year without Tyree Kill, a new kind of, if the system gets changed a little bit and he still has a, a really good year. Cool. Um, as far as offensive rookie of the year, one player who I really like is George Pickens. Pickens, um, love I, that pick. I think that this could be a, a huge year for him. Um, and uh, coming out of Georgia and just seeing all the impressive stuff that he did last year, and I think that he could um, be a huge impact player for the Steelers, who don't have a whole lot of other players to shine a spotlight on. And I think that he'll get a lot of attention. Um, and be a crowd pleaser there. Um, I'm going to jump to the MVP. um, And I don't know if I really wholeheartedly believe this, but I think that Tom Brady could end his career as MVP. And I think that he was second to uh, Aaron Rodgers last year when you look at his season. 
and having Julio Jones on that on that um, roster and uh, all of the ways that he can game manage and whatnot, I think that he's going to end his con and MVP or spoke it into existence. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, that wraps up the NFL. Uh, segment that was long but i think it's a great overview of what we got to come this season uh like like kevin said you know this is a big time uh league pass season a big time uh ticket on or what's it called a sunday ticket season just because of the amount of great teams we have this year and the lack of like true bottom feeders uh so super excited for that to come um i guess now we will we'll wrap up the last segment of the show with a couple of big storylines uh for the nba uh, for the sake of time, I think we just do two. Uh, the, the, the whole Kevin Durant saga, as well as the the, uh, the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, so, Kevin, feel free to sound off about KD. Um, I know, as of right now, I think Boston's the most likely landing spot, just because they put Jalen Brown on the table. Yeah. You know, I wasn't in favor of this trade to begin with. But now that we already, you know, the rumors are already out and it seems pretty clear that we offered them Jalen Brown, I think that he's just going to be so unhappy in a Celtics uniform and he's not going to want to sign back with us. So you got to think about that in the future. And it's like, he's not going to be happy. He's not going to want to um, play in Boston anyways. You might as well get Kevin Durant if you can. And um, I, I think that um you know it would be so hard to see him go because in the nba finals played better than jason tatum and he played out of his mind which i think could put him as a great chess piece for a trade and i would hate to do that but it's a player's league nowadays and i don't like the notion of having a player who doesn't want to be on my team um he tweeted out like smh after the all those rumors came out and um i just don't feel comfortable hanging on to him if he's going to leave anyways and i kind of want to win a championship so having kevin durant would be huge in in accomplishing that and you know it's it's not the type of thing that i would be you know it wouldn't be my first choice i would would love to you know do what we tried to do this year and build up a team in order to win a championship but if, if that team's going to come crumbling down after, uh, you know, Jalen Brown isn't happy anyways, I, I say maybe just trade him now. Yeah. I mean, I would add on and just say that like, I would rectify it with, with Jalen Brown before I trade for Kevin Durant. Um, I just think it's, there's, I know it's Kevin Durant, maybe the best scorer ever, but something about drastically changing a team that was two games away from a championship and got better with Malcolm Brogdon. Like, the biggest issue wasn't scoring. It, 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 it was the lack of a floor general on the court to rein in Jason Tatum and give him the ball in the fourth quarter of game six. And all Kevin Durant is going to do is take the ball from Jalen from uh, Jason Tatum. And I know Kevin Durant is the, one of the best ISO scorers ever, and you want the ball in his hands. But to me, it's going to stunt Jason Tatum's growth as a prompt, like a top three player player in the game, which I think everyone knows he can be. Um, and defensively, the C's have built such a good kind of like resume of like defensive lockdown efforts. And I think Kevin Durant at this point in his career is a defensive liability. Um, 
I think a lot of what he brings to the table is largely overlapped by what Jason Tatum brings to the table. And I think when you think of the best championship teams of the last, you know, 10 seasons, it's been balanced. That's what got you there. It hasn't been, you know, the two, if you put two alpha scorers in the same team, Kyrie Irving and KD, look what happens. Like there's way too much overlap for it to work. Um, so I think Jalen Brown is way younger, plays defense, complements Jason Tatum's skill set incredibly well. Um, and you got better with with uh, Malcolm Brogdon and a, a Gallinari off the bench. So I mean, I wouldn't do it, man. I wouldn't. I, I think it would, you know, it would cost Marcus Smart as well. It w- wouldn't just be a one for one deal. Um, and uh, you know, I just think it would be a net negative um, next season. Even I, I really don't think he that Kevin Durant would make the Celtics a better overall basketball team that much, if any, offensively, because they already have a lot of the things that he does. And, um, you know, the capital that would be required to trade him, uh, you know, I think it would almost be like a, like, like this exact situation happened when the Nets traded all those picks for KG and Paul Pierce and Real and like didn't work out. And it gave, it gave the Celtics Jason Tatum. So, I wouldn't do it. Uh, see, like to me, I kind of fall on the other side of things where I, like, I think if you get Kevin Durant, you get an undoubtedly a guy who can win a championship for you. Like a, a guy who can be the number one player on a championship team, on a team that wins a championship. You don't know if you don't know yet if Tatum can do that. They got there and Tatum had some rough games in the finals with a team that is like a really good roster. So it's not like, I mean, Kevin Durant, I guess, you know, with the Warriors, which I guess is, you know, that's a really good roster as well. But you have a guy who's like an undoubtable score in crunch time. There's going to be no one who can legitimately guard him, um, period, point blank, at least for the next two seasons. So, and I also like just from a team building perspective, I kind of, I heard this somewhere and it's like, it it kind of applies more teams when you kind of look at teams that kind of one-off make certain runs like you look at the Hawks two years ago when they made the Eastern Conference Finals and largely kept their roster the same and fell really short this past season is when you come into a new season you don't start from where you ended the last season you don't start with given hey we were in the Eastern Conference Finals therefore our roster is an Eastern Conference Finals team you can't just assume that because there's just so much variability so so many changes so I get the idea of kind of like you know, hey, I, but they've also already added like guys like Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari as well as kind of like a, a scoring guy off the bench. But I do understand the theory of the case where it's like, hey, this team was really good, but it had some flaws. We think we can add a generational talent to it to potentially maximize what we currently have. That's not going to come available all that often. Rather, you know, make that gamble than not. And I think that's a fair gamble to make. I, I think it is a gamble, obviously, but I, I I think is a fair one to make. And I understand wanting to change something because staying complacent can have negative consequences when you assume that you can just make the same kind of run. Yeah. I mean, that definitely is, that makes sense. Like, like a ton. I think this could even just be as, as simple as you can get Kevin Durant, you do it. I know that is a very valid way of thinking and you're right. Like I think being complacent is the death of improvement. There's, 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 there, there's no doubt. And I think um, my, my take is more just like, the tactical X's and O's of basketball. But at the end of the day, like you're right. Like if Kevin Durant, um, he can just take over games by being who he is. And I think 
it would be a very much a pick your poison type thing with him and uh, Jason Tatum. So, and if you know, this is a this is all under my entire point is under the 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 preposition that Jalen Brown that that relationship can be reconciled. Like, if they can resign Jalen Brown to a max deal, then I wouldn't do it. But if you but if you know you're going to lose him in uh, free agency, then absolutely go get Katie. Um, I think that's a good point. But yeah. That's all. Like, I and just to be just uh, before we 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 end this, like, I think we already broke down Rudy Gobert uh, in the last episode. I just kind of remember that. So, um, this is all I like really have to say at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think we covered some good ground today. I think we got a lot in on a lot of NFL teams and a little bit on kind of the little things that are going on in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, no, I think it's good to, that we got the whole NFL landscape laid out. Um, when we check in next, um, I would assume the NFL season would just kind of be getting going. Um, you know, the NBA offseason might have, you know, things might have shifted, pawns might have fallen. So KD might be a Celtic, he might be a Sun, who knows, um, as well as the, the MLB playoffs uh, coming up here in uh, September. So thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll, we'll be back soon. Mm-hmm.